Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I thought we'd do something different this Father's Day instead of me preaching And I normally preach pretty much the same message. I've called men out on Father's Day, say, you know, there's three real jobs of a father. And they're the same jobs as Jesus had. Jesus was a priest, he was a prophet, and he was a king. The priest stood before God and interceded on behalf of the people. And that's what a father's supposed to do. We we entreat God on behalf of our families. But he was also a prophet, which meant he represented God. And there are times as fathers, we have to represent God. We have to say to our families, this is what the Lord wants us to do. And you represent the voice of God. And then, of course, we know Jesus was also a king. Now, let us be king for today, okay? Please, girls. And, and, And so king doesn't mean rule. It means the, the person of protection and provision. And that's our job, is to provide for our families and to make sure that we protect our families. And so that's our role. And I thought today, I, I, I am a father in the house, but there are many, many fathers in this house. Men of God who love Jesus, love their wives, love their kids, and have set a good example. Not a perfect example, because you, you all know this, right? There's no perfect fathers in this house. But they, they've set a great example. And I thought today they have something to say. And I'd like to introduce to you to some of the fathers in this house. There's, there are many that I could have, I mean, there's so many. I had to call it down and just say, pray it, pray it through. I could have gotten many. There's, in fact, if they don't do a good job up here, I may ask a few of you to fill in for them for the next service. And uh, so I, I want to introduce to you some of the fathers in this house. And many of you, you could be up here with them. Uh, but we, we, can't, we couldn't have all of you up here. So I, I want to introduce uh, some of them to you today. And I want you to love on them introdu- and, and just show them Apollosa's love. And so I, I want to make sure I get everything right here. I'd like to introduce. He's six foot six. 300. No, I don't know how much he weighs. I have no idea. He's been married for 40 years, has two children and four grandchildren. He is the husband, father, or husband of Dr. Pamela Jackson. Would you please put your hands together? Six foot six, pride of Opelousas, Mr. Danny Jackson. Hailing from Karen Crow, I, I guess. I don't know where he's from. I'm looking up there. I, I don't. You can sit down, Danny. You sit down. Because it's the next guy's opportunity, right? Yeah, get some love. And he's been married to the same beautiful woman for 35 years, has three children, two sons, one daughter, and his first grandbaby, the husband of Shannon Thibodeau. Would you please welcome Mr. Troy Thibodeau, the pride of Acadiana High School. Our next father has been married to the same gorgeous woman for 25 years, has one son, one grandchild. He is the husband of Tamika Caron. Would you please welcome the pride of Opelousas High School, Tim Caron. I knew he was going to outdress me this morning. I just knew it. He's been married to this beautiful woman for 22 years, the father of two daughters, and his uh, oldest daughter just was the valedictorian at Westminster Christian Academy, the husband of Amber. Would you please welcome the pride, I guess of Opelousas Catholic, (laughs) Eric Ami, Ami. (laughs) 
Uh, the two on the end got dressed for the occasion. The two on this side. <laughs> okay, so we've never done this before, right? So we've never done this before. Yeah, we'll probably never do it again. <laughs> so we, we're going to take your shot, baby. Take your shot. If you ever wanted to get up here and preach to the people, this is your opportunity. Maybe your last opportunity. Uh, just real quick, I, if I could just say my relationship to these men. Uh, met Danny and Pam probably 10 years ago, probably 10, 11 years ago. And they hit a little rough patch. And uh, all families hit them. And uh, Pamela asked Heidi now to step in and help and able to just step in and minister to both of them and, and see what God's done in their life. It's just all God, absolutely amazing. And how uh, just to see the work of the Lord in their life is just absolutely beautiful. And uh, that's kind of how our connection was. And then Troy and Shannon, I see Tommy and Susan up there. Tommy and Susan had the, sm- the life group or small group here in Opelousas. And Shannon was a part of it. And they're the ones who called us and said, can we need to start a campus in Opelousas? And Heidi and I went up to, to start, take over that small group to start getting a team together to actually plant this church. And Troy never would come to the small group. But he heard that Heidi and I were coming. And so he shows up. He's greeting at the door like he's been there the entire time. Is that true, Shannon? Yeah. He's like, oh, welcome. So great to have y'all. You know, like, okay, this guy's awesome. They go, oh, no, this is his first time, too. Well, yeah, what, but, why is he here? Well, he heard y'all were coming, so he decided. I had to meet Pastor Eugene. She said, we got Pastor Eugene coming. I was like, Pastor Eugene? I got to be there to meet this guy. <laughs> and then, of course, Tim, uh, Tim is, and, and Tamika, Tim started coming to the church. I mean, I, I think it was a phone call yeah. that kind of started it. And, and, and I just said, Tim, we're here to tear down pride, prejudice, and poverty, and Man, we've got to walk together, and we got to tear this down. And man, white folks can't do it by themselves. Black folks can't. We got to get both our hands on there and tear this thing down. And and as Tim would only say, it's one of Tim's sayings: "I'm down like four flat tires." <laughs> and I, I'm like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> okay, all right, good. I'm in. And then Tim started showing up. Tamika, where's Tamika? Tamika's over here. And, and uh, Tamika is like, no, she wasn't into it. She wasn't. She, she's slow. But she's show, right? Once she's in, she's in. And, uh, and she's like a great white shark, baby. She circles and circles and circles. But once she bites, oh. And, uh, and that's how Tim, Tim came and, and uh, we started a relationship there. And then I remember Eric, Eric and Amber came, I think it was a Sunday at Delta Grand. They got a flyer in the mail about an Easter service and they came. And then I don't think it was probably too much longer. I remember sitting in an office, Eric, with you upstairs at the old offices and just really just you sharing your heart and, and uh, just talking about missions and what God had next. And, and uh, of course, Pacina our little Haitian queen. Uh, God only knew that. And to seek the stories, the God's stories of all this, and you men, so proud of every one of you being great examples, though y'all come from different backgrounds uh, of something beautiful. And I just want to honor you men. Happy Father's Day to these men. Can you give them a big round of applause real quick? All right, let's, let's, let's get into this because we're going to talk about fathers and being a father. And uh, what's that like? First, I'd just kind of like to start off by just talking a little bit about your dads because we all kind of take a little bit of what was passed down to us. And uh, just like to kind of just tell a little bit about your father to give a little context so people kind of know where you're coming from. Troy, why don't, why don't you start? <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. Uh, actually, today's Father's Day, and my dad was supposed to be here, but uh, he's got the COVID. So he's home. He lives in Lacassine. 
And not only is it Father's Day, it's his 57th wedding anniversary, which my mom passed away two and a half years ago. So it's kind of a hard day for him. Um, my dad's an electrician by trade. He's 75 years old, and he still works today, every day in the sun. And I'm like, man, you need to, you need to retire, dude. He's like, what am I going to do? So it shows you when you don't have a, a true purpose in life, you just keep doing what you've always learned how to do. Um, but my dad taught me some very valuable lessons. We didn't grow up in a church, but he taught me biblical lessons without even knowing it. So he taught me that you work hard, you make sure that you take care of your family because you got responsibilities. Um, he taught me how to live a life with ethics. He taught me how to be faithful to my wife. 57 years, he was faithful to my mom. And I've always been faithful to my wife. Uh, just things that you read in the Bible, how to make sure that you, you discipline your children, the proper way to do it. Of course, I did. <laughs> yeah, let's you go know, there, Troy. You know, let's... you're supposed to discipline your children when you're not mad, okay? <laughs> but I've learned that, okay? We, we learn as we go. So I'm like, real quick, I'm going to just give a quick story and then I'm moving on. So I've got three children, my little daughter, which of course, if, you, if you're a man and you got a daughter, they're, they're special to you, right? Yeah. It was time for her to be disciplined. She did something she wasn't supposed to do, okay? So I called her in the bedroom, said, all right, lean over the bed. You got to pay the piper. Yeah. But I did it in anger. So I heard my sons running around the house and I called them in the room too. And I said, y'all lean over on the bed too. <laughs> And they're like, well, daddy, we didn't do anything. I said, yeah, you did. You just ain't got caught yet. Now bend over. <laughs> That's one thing my dad never did was discipline us when he was angry. Yeah. So just a lot of biblical things that he taught me and my sisters without growing up in a church. And he really didn't even know he was teaching us those things. Mm, so good. We're going to go ahead and edit the tape there because we don't want. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> Hey, it's been 20 years, so the law thing is, you know, the time. Y'all can't come get me for that one. You got any law enforcement in here? That's your limitation. That's your limitation. Yeah. This was a great service, wasn't it? We're going to bow our heads in prayer. I'll be preaching at the 1030 if y'all want to come back to that. Danny, what did you take? Sure. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Uh, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and I grew up in a pretty traditional home setting. Uh, my dad was the provider. He worked. My mother was basically a housewife. Uh, my dad was a very dominant individual in the house. He ruled his household. Um, we were raised Catholic. My dad was Baptist. And from what I understand, at the time they got married, the husband had the pledge that he would allow the children to be raised Catholic. So we were. Uh, my dad wasn't a church goer. He was a believer. But I think it was a combination of the separation of religions. And he wasn't going by himself. And we were going to the Catholic church. I think that played a major role in that decision. One thing uh, Heidi last Sunday said that uh, I've been really thinking on this week, she said, even a functional family is dysfunctional. And I find that to be absolutely the truth. Uh, as I look back, as I got older and I look back at my upbringing, which has had a tremendous influence on who I am and what I am today, uh, there were things that went on in my household that I didn't want to transfer to my household. I wanted to move forward spiritually. I wanted to move forward in my relationship with my wife and with my relationship with God and do some things different. And that is what I focused on. There's a lot of things I brought forward, but there are some things that I left behind. Uh, 
If the definition of love is a provider and a protector, my dad loved us. You know, he wasn't one to say that. I love you. I love you. But he protect and he provided uh, for all of us. I have three, three sisters and myself. I was the only son, the only boy. And my relationship with my dad was, I think that made us a lot closer because he was my male role model. He was who I talked to when I had issues. Uh, he was my friend and he was my partner. Awesome, beautiful. Danny Jackson. I'm me. Uh, yeah, I'm, so I grew up here in, in Opelousas, so I'm, I'm a homeboy. Uh, but no, I had a, I had a, good, a good father. Um, he was definitely a provider. Um, head of the household, but not in a dominant fashion. You know, he had a lot of respect for my mom. Um, he was a farmer, so worked hard. We didn't have a lot, but we always had what we needed. Um, I mean, he, he, he tried to raise us in a Christian home the best he knew how, and I think one of the best examples is, you know, as a farmer, the, I mean, you got to plan and harvest whenever the time comes, but I, I cannot remember a time in my life on a Sunday where my dad worked, you know, and there was no question where we we're going to be when on, on Sunday. It was always in church. Well, Sunday night for that matter, and Wednesday uh, night as well. Um, I never seen him drink. I never seen him smoke. Um, uh, no question that you know he loved my mom. Uh, whenever he was away from work, he was always with the family. He was always with my mom. I'd never seen him you know leave and go to the camp and spend a weekend away. Uh, I mean, there was times of torture where I had to go get the belt to whip my, to get, get a whipping, you know, but uh, really nothing to complain about, you know. I mean, I uh, grew up in a very secure home, um, but yeah, and, and a good father. So good. Praise God. Timmy. Well, I grew up, uh, although I didn't know it at the time, in an untraditional home. Um, I grew up with a single mother and grandmother, and they were both praying women. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I've met my father, um, and uh, I honor him for his contribution. Um, <laughs> um, however, uh, growing up, I knew who was in charge. Um, my mom uh, coached me when I was a kid from when I first started playing baseball until she released me to high school coaches. Um, that was, when I got about 10 years old, I started to notice that, okay, I see other kids with fathers around. Um, and you know, I started to question it a little bit in my mind, but uh, really not a lot because God just blessed my mom supernaturally so much that she covered that gap. And then when I got about age of 12, uh, we were going to Holy Ghost Church at the time, and a Catholic priest, Father uh, Glenn Jean-Marie, uh, came into my life, and he, was, he played the mentor role from when I was 12 until I was about 19 years old. And he showed me um, some really, really good principles um, like honor and compassion. And, you know, you really can't see certain things when you're in the midst of a storm or in the midst of a season. But looking back... God had his hand on my life the entire time and put supernatural gifts in my mother and sent a man in my life at the perfect time. I just want to honor Francis, Miss Francis, Tim's mama. Francis, would you stand right there? I just want to honor this woman of God, praying mama. Well done. Well done. We, we, we talked about this the other day. It's, it's interesting how 
it, it doesn't matter if you grew up on a farm with a daddy that took you to Sunday school every Sunday and Wednesday night and church ever, or you grew up with not the father figure in your life, or if you grew up with a dominant dad or a dad that didn't go to church, but the, the situations all of you are in, we all grew up with something lacking. And then you see how God brings in whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you need 60% or you need 90%. It doesn't matter that the Holy Spirit can come and provide what you need when you need it. And so ultimately, we get to carry that title, the same title as Father, as the Heavenly Father. Thinking of your own fatherhood and looking back, can you see, or what would you say, do you have any regrets Looking back, obviously some of us on the, tape, on the platform today came to Christ at different stages along the way. And looking back, do you have a regret that you wish you could go back? Or, or how about, let's put it this way. What would you say to the 25-year-old you who's beginning his family? What would you say to that man? Troy? Troy, you're going to go first every okay, time. Okay, all right. <laughs> we talked about this in the back, Troy. <laughs> I mean, I could sit here and give you, the, this is the biblical, I wish I would have done, I wish I would have pursued God sooner. But I think in my life, if I was 25 again, the thing that I would work toward changing is the selfishness as a man. Because at that age, all I thought about is, okay, what does Troy want to do? What can I get out of this life instead of, I need to put my family first. And I think in our society today, we see a lot of men that way. You know what, I'm going to take care of my pleasures and my needs first, and then I'm going to go do my thing. And if I got energy after all that, then I'll take care of my, my wife and my kids. I think if I could go back, I'd put, of course, God first, my wife and my kids instead of me above all of them. And uh, that, that's what I would change. Men are selfish? Yeah, men are very selfish. Uh, if you're a man in here uh, and you don't admit that, then you got a problem. Uh, <laughs> so it's selfishness and pride. Yeah, pride, selfishness. I mean, we, we need to pray, lay hands on you, slap you around a little bit. I mean, look, we want the nice house, the nice car, you know, all these little toys. Uh, but the one thing that we need to make sure is that our wife and our family's taken care of. Amen, Not only financially, Amen. right? Because Amen. anybody can do that. Amen. I mean, especially in society today, all you got to do is want to work. We got so many lazy people in the world today. <laughs> that, you know, and I'm not going to get there because that's a different message, all right? <laughs> hey, you might want to go with me last. I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, and you really prayed about this, Pastor? <laughs> we need it. It's true. Danny? I don't know why he put me after Troy. <laughs> I, needed the, I needed the wise sage to come in. Clean that up. I'm going to bring it down. <laughs> in retrospect, there are tons of things that I would do differently. And... First on the list is like Troy said, I would put God first in my life. God first. Also, as a father with kids, and this is a message that I tell people quite often, I taught my kids to fear me. I was the disciplinarian. I was the right or wrong. And they learn to fear me. That's a major mistake. I should have taught them to fear God. Because what I didn't realize at the time is one day your kids aren't going to fear you. One day they're going to grow up and not have fear of you. But they should never grow out of the fear of God's sovereignty his glory, his grace, and his mercy. And if we have time, I have one more. 
In my younger days, my prayer was God, leave me with health and strength and I'll take care of the rest. That was my control issues. I felt if God blessed me with health and strength, I'd handle what came before me. Not only was I cut, was I minimizing God's sovereignty, but I was minimizing my life. Because if all I achieved is what Danny could do, then that isn't much. You know, without God's grace, mercy, without his guidance and wisdom and opening doors that shouldn't be open, then you have minimized your, the successes and the purposes that God has for your life. Like the song says, I've seen him move mountains and I hope I see him do it again. He make a way when there was no way. And I didn't come to realize this fully until God put me in a position where Danny couldn't fix it. And I was forced to turn to him. So as an elder, an older person, my message to the young people is put God first. Don't minimize your purpose in life. Don't minimize God's sovereignty. Give him his glory for what he has done and what he can do in your life. So good, Danny. And the problem with going third is going after Troy and Danny. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, no, if I would talk to myself at 18, I would say, don't take yourself so serious. You're not that important, you know? Um, I mean... Just like Danny, um, I think I spent a good portion of my adult life trying to do things on my own. You know, I think I would tell my younger self to build more relationships, you know, with the right people, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's going to help you tremendously in life, you know. Um, just those type of things. So, Yeah, my daddy would say, son... The dads are famous for their one-liners, right? Like they, they say the things. So my dad, oh, he's not here today. He's traveling. But he'd always say, son, when you play with the pigs, you're going to get dirty. I mean, it's like, is that in like the handbook of dads? It's like famous sayings. Yeah, I mean, I spent, you know, a great example in, in growing up in, in my household you know, when my dad, you know, portrayed for us. And then I spent the next nine years of my life completely going the opposite direction. You know, and thank God I ran into my wife who was heading towards Jesus and we Hello. ran right. smack dab in each other, All you know. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, and put Jesus first, obviously. It'll make your life so much easier. So. Absolutely. Amen. T. Well, the problem with going last is. <laughs> you got plenty of time. You want me to let you go first on the next one? That everybody else have given great answers. <laughs> So I feel the pressure. <laughs> you can handle it. <laughs> but um, for me, it was easy. Um, at 19 years old, uh, when my mentor passed away, I ran away from God. And I ran away from God until I was about 40. <laughs> um, so I would tell the, my 25-year-old self, um, stop running. Stop running. All right, all right. Um, I would tell my 25-year-old self, stay grounded, stay rooted, allow God to um, just plant you somewhere and allow you to grow. So that's what I would tell my 25-year-old self. Tim, I'm just coming back to you because I, I know your story, right? So when you grew up without a father in the house, there were some mentors along the way. You mentioned that as you look back, you see how God provided what you needed when you needed it. And uh, y'all raised Tyler, you and Tamika. And when y'all came into the church, y'all were kind of at a pivotal point. Do you mind sharing that? No, I don't. Not at all. Is, do I need to get permission from Tamika? 
No. No. You're the head of this house. You say what you want to say. It's not, Father's Day. I'm not going that far past you. <laughs> you, can, you can get in that pool by yourself, brother. Sure. Uh, when we, when we uh, came, our son was a junior in high school, and uh, I had a grand plan, y'all, and God was just laughing at me the whole time. Um, but my plan was when my son graduated, I was graduating too. Hello. I was out of there. My responsibility was done, and uh, me and Tamika was just going to part ways, and that was going to be it. And like I said, God was laughing at me the whole time because as soon as he brought me into church, and I think uh, Tamika can agree with me when I say that uh, what one of the mistakes that we made as parents is instead of us really focusing on, in on each other, we focused in on Tyler. And we lived through Tyler. And so, hey, Tyler was just about gone. So, hey, I'm going too. New season. Right. <laughs> you know, but <clears throat> God brought us to church, and it was Tyler that made the suggestion that we try this church. Um, so God brought us here, and almost immediately, um, the Holy Spirit started to convict me and point me to men that were getting it right. And y'all, for 40 years, I didn't trust men because they were just in my life for a season and then gone. Or a night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's pray. Hey, Badon, are you free next service? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I value the opinion of women, and I think I shared this with, with the group of men the other day. Um, I could have a male supervisor come and tell me something, and I had a problem with it, but a female supervisor could come and tell me the same thing, and I would accept it. Um, So it wasn't until I started coming to church here and I started seeing godly men and their interaction with their wives and their interaction with their kids to where I was like, hold up, I got this wrong. I need to course correct. And God just uh, started working within me supernaturally to correct years of lies, uh, to change years of uh, just falsehoods that the enemy had put on me um, and course corrected that and now has me on the path to where I can speak life into others. Can, can I add to that? Yeah. Uh, I think what Tim's saying is important. As, as, as a husband and wife, we focus on our kids or we focus on our career and we focus on all these things that we want to accomplish as a couple or individuals. And when our kids grow up, we look back and we don't even know who our spouse is. So my advice would be enjoy those moments with your spouse when your kids are young. So you don't have to, when you're 45, it's hard to develop a new relationship with someone you've been living with for 20 years that you don't even really know. So do it now when your kids are young. Because when your kids are gone, the person you look at, that's the person you got to spend the rest of your life with, right? Get to know your spouse before it's too late. What have you looked back on and you're proud of yourself where you look back and go, this is something I really got right. It's, it's one thing to look at what you got wrong, but it's also to recognize we do this all the time, right? We, we do this after a service. We'll look at it and go, okay, what can we prove on after the service? But that's not, it's not, the, it's not the, what you fell short on because we've all fallen short. It's what have you done well, and that's important too that you recognize that. Can I go before yeah. Troy? Yes, you can. 
I will grant that. Y'all may think that this next statement I'm going to make is just to get brownie points, but I'm getting ready to tell you the truth. The one thing I did right in my life was marry that young lady right there. It's on the night. All right, all right, Troy, you're next. <laughs> the, the second thing that I feel that I did right in my life was make spiritual changes in my life. Recognize the shortfalls and shortcomings of the course I was on and doing what was necessary to seek God, find God, know God, and live a life of obedience. The sooner you do that in your life, the better off you are. Because if you try to take on this monster by yourself, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. Find God. Find a loving wife who knows God. And believe in him. Listen to God's word. Build a relationship with God. And move forward. Hey, who, who's ever listened to the Bible? Like instead of reading it, you're listening to it. That voice, it's like, man, that voice is so dominating. That, that's Danny. Man. It's like, dude, the Bible just opened up right here. Uh, I guess my, my biggest uh, change I wanted to make, of course, we didn't grow up in a church. Uh, my mom toured the, the latter years of her life became a Christian and would go to church. But the only time I ever seen my dad was in a church was for a funeral, right? So one of the things I wanted to do was make sure that I raised my children in church. Not that that's the foundation that they need, but they need to, they need to be around other people that are pursuing the same goal. And the second thing, of course, being a Thibodeau in South Louisiana, uh, my family likes to drink a little bit and party and do these kind of things. And during family events, it, it would get kind of crazy. So I wanted to make sure, and I always told Shannon, I don't want my kids around that. So every time we'd get together for a family outing, there was one point where I'd say, all right, pack the kids, we're going home. Because I knew it was about to get nasty. If y'all know what I'm now, y'all, y'all probably don't know what I'm talking about because y'all family's all holy and all. But look, it gets bad. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, all right, there it goes. No, what was the question? <laughs> I mean, Danny threw us off for a loop, man. It's like, what? No, what? Okay. I was asking what you did right. So, <laughs> it turned out to be right, uh, but it was wrong at the time. Um, I, if I wasn't spending time with my son or at a game or something, I was working. Um, and so I spent hours and hours of working. Um, I didn't spend the time nurturing my wife and nurturing my son. I felt like me being out there with him on a ballpark was sufficient. Um, so, however, my son saw that, and my son is a very, very hard worker. Um, and I see that um, he has course corrected in the way that he interacts with his son. So I, I guess I got that right. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, and, and, and our kids are still in the house now, so uh, fortunately we still have the opportunity to, you know, um, preach to them, and, or not preach to them, but give example. And uh, just like Danny said, you know, for brownie points, I mean, I can't take all the credit, you know, because uh, my wife has, has done just as much of this as I've had, and, I, you know, I thank God for that. But, you know, I think the thing we've done best or that I guess compared to our homes growing up, and I think our kids would, would, would say the same if they were here. They'll be here for 1030. I think I give them identity, you know. I mean, obviously they're saved. They, they know who they are in Christ. Um, uh, they have identity in Christ. You know, in this, in the, we, as fathers, I think we have the power to, give identity to our children, you know, uh, and in this world where a five-year-old can pick their gender, you know, they're going to get their identity from somewhere, All right. you know, All right. and so, I mean, I think that's important, and, you know, we, we tell them whenever they, they're going out with their friends, you know, like, this is the world standards, but that's not the standards in our home, so we made it clear what our standards are, and, you know, I, and we do our best to make them align with the Bible, you know, so, so they have a good idea of, you know, like I said, identity, standards, and it's okay that our standards don't align with the world. It's probably a good thing. Let me, let me add one thing, and I think this is important for all of us, and we, we overlook it, I think, sometimes. Uh, we were all there. You know, we didn't always get it right, but we were there. So so good. So when you talk about identity, because that was my next kind of setup, so thank you, Dr. Eric, for getting us to the security, uh, or to identity, because things like, I love you, things like, uh, Daddies to daughters, baby, you look beautiful in that. Those kind of words to bring identity to our children, to our sons. I'm proud of you. You did a great job on that. Those kind of words. Can, can y'all speak a little bit? And I don't care who takes this one. So of why that is important to our children, that they hear it from their fathers. Well, it's like Dr. Eric said. Um, if we don't name them, somebody else Come will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know, so it's important for us to put the name and the label on them that is a godly name and a godly label, or they will get a worldly name and a worldly label. Mm-hmm. Somebody else want to jump on that? Yeah. I'm probably not the best one to answer that because I wasn't real great at it myself. Um, I do look at that as one of those areas that if I could go back in time, I'd certainly do differently. I think the affirmation uh, of, of from the father or from your, from your parents is important to children. It's more important than I realized um, they need it. They need to know, although daddy provides and protects, they don't understand that type of love at that point. And they don't recognize that as love, you know, probably duty and responsibility more than love. Uh, so they need the verbiage. They truly need the verbiage. But one thing I want to leave you with, you never stop being a father and it's never too late. It's never too late because I find myself the new Danny doing those things more often with my kids, even my 38 year old son, you know, telling him, I love you or I care about you. I'm concerned about you. So it's never too late to be a father because you're always a father. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Eric. No, I mean, I think that's important. You know, I mean, growing up, like 
although my father was 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 good, he wasn't perfect. Um, I mean, he was not good at all at um, physical and you know verbal affirmation. I, I can't think of one time where I can remember him saying, "Son, I love you," or "I'm proud of you," or anything like that. But it's kind of weird because I never. I never questioned whether he did, you know, and I never thought it was odd that he didn't tell me that, you know, but it wasn't until I had my own family and, you know, my own wife, then I realized I was emotionally inept, you know, I mean, and I mean, through, through, you know, help with my wife, you know, I, I come to realize how important it is to, to portray that to my daughters, to, to hug them, um, you know, uh, show affection, tell them you, I mean, you can't tell them enough, you know, um, because, you know, like Tim said, they're going to get it from somewhere, you know? Yeah. Somebody out there going to say, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. They might play a play. Yeah. Uh, with my, with my dad, who in here, I mean, you, we, our parents were that generation where the dads really didn't show affection. They showed you how to go out there and work hard. Right. But you, you knew they loved you, but they never really said it. My dad was the opposite. He always worked hard, but he's always told us that he loved, he loved us. And uh, I think that's important as a, as a dad that we do that because that's, that builds a foundation for our children, that they know that they're loved, that you're proud of them. And that's something I always, I've always tried to do was tell my kids that I love you, I'm proud of you, because I am. It's not just words, right? Even when they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, Right? It can't just be when, you, when they're doing things right, because guess what? God loves us when we're doing things wrong right. or when we're doing things right. right. So we need to love our children and our spouses the same. Yeah, they might break some trust just like we do with God, right? But they, we've got to give them the opportunity to build that trust up again. And if we teach them the right things in life, they will. Hey. Danny said, show them grace. Man, God gives us grace every day. Thank God for that. You guys are doing amazing. Yeah, but we still got like 40 minutes. I thought, man, when you're over there, the service goes by quick, man. That clock goes slow. I've been here for three days. I need to shave again. Okay, we, we, we got time for just kind of wrap it up. We're gonna, Victor comes and help you. Call for Victor, Troy. Victor, come help out a brother. Yeah, <laughs> pick up the beat, man. <laughs> that first song was too slow. <laughs> he thinks he's the pastor of the church now. We're so glad y'all joined us for the first and last of our Father's Day panel. Uh, If I I can kind of wrap it up, is that okay, man? Can I work a little bit today? (laughs) So identity, right? So they, because mamas say things. And children do receive words from mama, the words of love and affirmation, but it's natural, right? Mamas can't help it. It just comes out, baby, you're my baby. Oh, you're the baby. I'm so proud of my baby. You know, mamas can't help it. It just oozes out. So I asked Hannah, we asked Hannah this the other day about words of affirmation and words of discipline. And she's like, oh, if mama's on me, I don't, you know, it's like, oh, whatever. But if daddy's disappointed in me, she goes, I can't handle that. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not because I'm an ogre. It just means our words have different weights. All right. Some words are heavier than other words. So, men, you carry that. I think it's all the way back from the Garden of Eden where God says, whatever you name the animals, they shall become. You name things. So you're naming it. It's a spiritual thing. So when you say to your son, son, you're a man. You're a man of God. Daddies, 12, 13, 14, you need to be saying, son, you're a man now. What? All we really did, we say love, 
I mean, let's be honest. It wasn't that our daddies did or didn't say, I love you enough. What we were really after as men was daddy respecting us. See, men take love differently. It's not love, it's respect. Because respect is love to a man. Are you hearing me, girls? So I I want you to know that. And, And this question was asked by one of our staff. What do daddies need? From the family. How can, and this is from a wife, how can I add to my husband? How can the children add to the husband to help support him in being a good father? And I'd like for y'all to take just one crack at that real quick. I know this is kind of off the cuff. What is it that we need from our spouse and our children so that we can do a better job? I would say just let us know that we are doing a good job let us know with grace (laughs) Tamika when we are falling short Um, and just just talk to us just communicate with us just give us affirmation I think that's all we need And I agree with Tim wholeheartedly, uh, but I want to add, if I could add another dimension to what he's saying. Um, I think what I need from my wife is to continue to grow with me spiritually. Continue to advance in the word of God because it is through that word that we gain understanding. It is through that word that the selfish motives are, re- are removed and the sacrificing and the giving uh, is opened up. Um, I have been, I know the significance of this because I have been in a relationship with my wife where she was growing spiritually and I was not growing spiritually. I didn't say I didn't believe in God. I said I wasn't growing spiritually. And we were like, it gives one of those one-liners, we were geeing and hawing. You old timers know what I'm talking about. We weren't working together. We weren't in sync. Because her feelings and her thoughts and her emotions were on a different level than mine. You know, it, 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 we, weren't, we weren't together there. I'm, I'm thinking selfishly. I'm thinking self-centered. Uh, my motives weren't pure. But as we have evolved and started growing spiritually together, there's a whole lot less explanation that has to take place in the house. Because I know where she's coming from. I know her motives are pure and she know my motives are pure. It isn't about Danny. It isn't about stuff. It's about us. Yeah, I mean, I kind of go along with what Tim said. You know, I think, you know, encouragement um, goes a long way. you know, just let us know we're doing a good job, obviously, when we are, you know. Um, but, I mean, you've made the reference on multiple occasions, you know, we're not much different than a dog, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I mean, we have, we have a dog a, at home, and as long as that dog knows that, you know, I, I, I love her and I think she's doing a good job, that dog would do anything, you know. I mean, the problem is you take her out, if there a squirrel runs out, you know, she'll take off. So there's, you need a shock collar, you know, to, to keep us in check sometimes. So, I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think just encouragement and just know there's somebody there, you know, I mean, we're going to drop the ball. Just, you have somebody there that's going to help you pick up the pieces and, and move on, you know. So. Hang on, I got five minutes right here. <laughs> no, real quick. Uh, Raise your hand, men, if your wife 
tries to control and run the household and everything else. Raise your hand if you got the backbone to do it right now. All right. What I would say to wives is let God, let your husband do what God designed him to do. For so many years in my life, I was so self-centered and going to do the things I wanted to do. My wife had to step up and be the man or in the house because I wasn't there. So she took on that role. But then when I started reading the word of God and getting coming back to church and learning that, whoa, that's my role. I'm letting her take take my role. And she's not only doing my role, but she's doing her role. And she's raising the kids instead of me raising them. So when she said, you know what, I'm backing off. You can have, you can drive the car now. We wrecked a few times, okay? But thank God for insurance. But we got it right. And when I took over as head of the household, things started changing, right? So that's just, look, she's hollering up there. She's crazy. She got free. It's Father's Day. So... We normally do something staff. We, you know, we always talk about Mother's Day, and we give y'all girls little plants or whatever, and y'all always get little gifts when you leave here. And so staff was asking me to go, okay, it's Father's Day. <clears throat> what do we want to give the men when they leave today? I said, <laughs> I didn't think of that. I should have thought of that. We should have gave them money. Maybe next year. And of course, it's like, it's like a, being asked for your children, Dad, what do you want for Father's Day? We usually go, oh, whatever. You know, whatever. Yeah, we don't want nothing. You know, you kids, we just want you kids to behave. That's all we want. And I said, well, I said, why don't we do this? Instead of us getting, why don't we all get something? Because that's what daddies do, right? It's, it's not supposed to be about us. We never want to make it about us. We always go. So today when you leave, we have ice cream sandwiches for everybody. Everybody gets, because it's Father's Day. So everybody gets ice cream. And just eat it outside. That's my only. <laughs> Let me be the daddy. Kids, eat it outside. I, I want to, let's give these men a big round of applause. They did an amazing job. The fathers. Why don't you girls come up with your husband? Come stand behind your husband up here. Y'all come on up. Wives, why don't y'all come up? And Shannon, I know you, you, Shannon's got one bad ear. Shannon, get up here. <laughs> Baby, come up here too. Come up here. I just want you, you girls, just lay your, just put your hands on their back. And right there, daddies, would you just stay standing? Wives and children, if you're next to your, your, your daddies, your husbands, your fathers, would you just lay your hands on them? You might be sitting by someone who's just there by themselves. Just go put your hand on them. I want to pray for our fathers today. I just want to pray over them. We need you. Fathers, this is going to be our greatest hour, our greatest hour. We need fathers. I, I, one of these men, and it might have been Tim. I don't remember which one of these men. We were talking the other night, and uh, they said something that sparked something in my mind because we train young pastors. And we work hard training young pastors. And I thought this thought came to my mind. We, we need to stop, not stop training them to be pastors, but we better train them to be good fathers and good, good husbands and good fathers. Because if we don't work on that end and only work on the pastoring end, if you work on the husbands and fathers, they're going to be great pastors. But if you just work on pastors and they're not good husbands and they're not good fathers, then one day they're going to self-implode and it's going to hurt a lot of people. And so I want to just pray over these fathers. You got the toughest job in the world. It just is. And you got to be the protector, the provider, and go out there. And I know we do that part well, but we also got to do the other part. We're we're looking after our wives. We're we're driving the car. They are going to make some mistakes, wives. And you just just assure them and affirm them. Here's what most of us men wrestle with. Am I doing a good job? That's all we really want to know. Am I doing a good job? We know we're not perfect. 
And, and when, when we're not, it always works better. When you go, baby, I was praying the other day, and I just thought, I read the scripture. I love it when Heidi goes, I just want to just give you this scripture. I want to read it to you. Because usually it's usually her teaming up with God to make a correction in my life. And it's so easy when her and God are together on it instead of just her. And the Holy Spirit will mess with you and go, oh, I need to get that right. I want to pray for these men. So, girls, would you just lay your hands on your husbands there? And maybe would you grab me? Father, we just pray over the, 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 the men in this room, the fathers. Lord, we all fall short. I pray, Father, that you would redeem the time. Thank you for, for Tim and Francis' testimony of how you always make up the difference. You never leave us lacking. For your word says, I've never seen your seed begging for bread. Father, make up the difference. And Father, we might be here and we go, I have messed this thing up so bad that Father, you are the redeemer and the restorer. And Father, I pray that you'll reverse the clock and give them time. We'll always, Danny said, we'll always be a father. We may not have done it right all the way up to here, but from this day forward, we could be moving in the right direction, adding Christ as the center of our life. And so we pray a blessing over these fathers. Lord, that the Holy Spirit would fill them, lead them, guide them, as they seek your word as the handbook to being a good daddy, it's just simply learning what kind of father you really are. And so, Father, I pray over them. Bless them today. Put your hand upon them. Use them mightily for your glory and your honor, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.